0: Hi, I want to welcome you to Raising Playful Tots. My name's Melitza. I hope this show is a place where mothers like you can safely explore a slower, simpler, and playful lifestyle so that you can get to the heart of what your family needs to thrive both now and in the years to come. In episode number 191, start your family meal ritual we started the conversation about how to set up your own meal ritual whether it's breakfast lunch or dinner we stopped at a crucial time just before we start to eat this episode is part two the eating part and beyond so if you want to check back with episode number 191 first before you continue with this one, that'll be good. But you can also just continue with this one and go back and do that one another time. Setting up a family meal ritual takes time as you try things out for your family. As the children get older, we try new things and because sometimes we just fancy a change. So I hope some of the things that we talk about in today's episode will give you pause for thought and make you consider the things that you're doing and maybe it will inspire you to share some of those things with all of us. During the meal, we talk about our day. This probably is the trickiest part for many of us. By the time we get to the table, we're tired, maybe we're cranky and definitely time challenged. In my Simple Parenting and Simple Planner, I have a list of questions that we use faithfully at the table to get conversation going. It can be hard to think of questions in the moment. So in this ebook, I have something that you can grab quickly. And it takes the thinking about what the questions you just can scan through and see if there's something that you can talk about. All of the questions are open-ended questions. So as long as you um, ask them well, then you don't just get the yes, no answers and they can lead on to something else. I'll leave a link for that ebook in the show notes. I hope that it's useful for you dinner time conversation is not something most families can just wing you can't just wing it and go well i'll I'll think of something in the moment and and it will happen because usually it just won't happen or it won't happen the way that you would like it doesn't mean that dinner time conversation is like writing an essay where you have to prepare yourself and get all of these things and study and um, make sure that you're well prepared at the table but it does take a little forethought before you, you do it, especially if you're just starting out. At the beginning, you'll want to have some sort of structure and be prepared for anything. Um, you probably will want to prepare an advocate beforehand, so maybe that will be your partner, so that you have some questions that you both don't mind answering and having a conversation about. Sometimes the children join in because they feel that it's safe, and are able to contribute something to the conversation. So you want to be able to have conversations at the beginning that everybody can kind of join in on. And and we've found it interesting if um, my husband or I have talked about topics that we like talking about and that the kids are curious and want to ask questions and kind of jump in and do that. Sometimes if you don't have an advocate there or your partner's not available or not there, then choose something just to get the ball rolling that you know is a passion, something that your kids will want to talk about, something that they really enjoy doing. You just want something to really be able to start the questions going from just the one word answers and the grunts and the moans at the table while they just eat to be able to having their head up and being able to to say more than just these one word answers Topics start with topics and things that you will know will be interesting for you and your family, so that you can get going. Sounds like an easy thing, but sometimes we just pluck things out of the air because we think, well, that will be a good topic, and we have no idea how it's going to go down. And that's not a really great way of starting a conversation when there's just crickets. So start with something that we know that's exciting, that we can all talk about, and and gradually move on to the, the topic that you really want to discuss. One way of doing that is to collect a group together of all the things that you would use at the table. Now over time we have collected books and games and cards and lists and ebooks and all sorts of questions that we use at the table. And sometimes we've kept them together in a bag and we've just kind of dipped in and pulled something out. Other times we've used a low shelf where the children can go and choose one of those things to bring to the table. It's also part of setting the table so somebody will go and get the conversational prompt from wherever it is and bring it to the table. It doesn't mean that we will use it every single time. Many times, because we've been using this um, since they've been talking, they have ideas of what to start conversations with. They're very quick to bring things up and want to discuss things. And now we have older children. It's just so much easier for them to bring up things that they want to talk about. But sometimes they like to flick through the books just like how we would and ask us questions about things that they're curious to know about or they want to bring things to us. So having a prompt on the table really helps to get this going and having a range of things has helped too. So sometimes it will be a a play type game activity that we might want to do. Sometimes it will be a question about the past or... um, an experience that they want to recount or a story that they would like to hear more about sometimes it's just a prompt from a book an ebook or something that's about so we kind of vary according to our mood you know sometimes none of us are really in a talkative mood so we just want to read a poem or share something that that made us laugh so you don't have it doesn't have to be prescribed it doesn't have to be boring it doesn't have to be prescriptive but just gather together an eclectic group of things that you can use to help you be able to have a variety of conversations. Another thing that we can talk about at the table isn't just the prompts that we have that are often random and have nothing to do with where we are. We just fancy knowing the answer to, you know, what was your teacher's name when you were in third grade you know that's a really interesting conversation to have but it's it might not be related to anything we can now share topical discussions reflecting the current the local the national or international news now we have to be careful about how deep we go and of course we decide as families how much information we want our children to have and what we decide to do I'm recording this today after three very violent acts one day after another in America with two black men who were shot dead by police officers and this morning waking up to police officers shot dead in Dallas. While the videos floating around are far too graphic to show my children and not really something to watch at dinner time either, they raise many issues we as parents will want to speak on. Our children will have questions and certainly they will be overhearing opinion after opinion. Some of these opinions we may agree with and some of them we won't. Other children talk to other children and we don't know how they're discussing and what, where they're getting their information from. So even though in our homes we may or may not be hearing some of this information, our children will be still getting snatches of these types of things all day everywhere from different sources and we'll want to talk about it. Dinner time might be the time that you choose to be able to talk about topical things at their level. So if you have a four-year-old that discussion will probably be very different than if you have a nine or a ten-year-old and again different if you have teenagers. If you have all three of them in the home it will be a very careful discussion about certain things and it will just be the start of a discussion and hearing their responses and the information that comes back because that's what part of this family ritual that we're creating here at the dinner table is allowing conversation to happen and be able to learn perspective from what's going on. Our children will have questions and Sometimes, because they're not asking them straight out, we think that they don't, but once given the the time and the space and the, the quietness, if we ask a question and just give it a moment, sometimes they will have quite interesting questions for us. As part of our usual ongoing family conversations, topics like drugs and racism and poverty and immigration and politics and social media tattling and losing clothes lunch boxes gym shoes coats will come up from time to time some of it because we bring it up we've decided we're fed up of uh, trying to find missing clothes that are in lost property and we want to talk about looking after our things maybe the same with lunch boxes all the lunch boxes are at school and none of them are at home maybe you've seen Something to do with poverty and the children reacted in a certain way, and you want to address that and talk about that. Because we bring it up, and sometimes because it's the right time, the family meal time can be the time for that. Not in all families, but in some families, this is a time where people might choose to do something like that. Just like the Birds and the Bees talk is a series of ongoing talks. Many of these issues and conversations happen often and in an age-appropriate way. The key here is not to worry if we don't have all the answers because there are lots of things that are happening that we just don't understand why and we may not fully understand why. We lead with compassion and we lead with empathy and we try and see things from the multi-perspective this is probably one of the hardest things for children to grasp is that they see things very black and white very clearly from their point of view very child-centered and often we see it from our own point of view but to try and understand why people have acted and behaved the way that they did and the impact that that can have on society and other things we don't have to get deep or, or make this too hard too much like hard work you know this is not a lecture series that that we're doing but having a chance to be able to be open and honest encourages conversation to be able to happen at other times when you're at the sink when you're fixing the bike when you're doing laundry when you're going for your walk other conversations are able to happen once you establish this trust of being able to talk about many different things All of us need the opportunity to talk through our feelings and organise our perspectives. And sometimes it's not until we actually start talking do we realise, wow, did I really think that? Do I really believe that? Sometimes it's not until another member of our family challenges us in what we've just said do we start to change our perspective. And it's not until we are talking that we realise that these things can happen. We change when we have the right information and act when we're comfortable. The dinner table is a good place to set the atmosphere for discussions of any sort because we as parents can direct the tone and make sure that we're not being harsh or critical. We're not pointing the finger and using inappropriate body language and posture. We can control that in the, in the sense that we can label it and name it. And talk about it, you know, the way in which you just spoke, you had an important point or a forceful point, but you didn't have to lean in like that and you didn't have to point your finger and you didn't have to tut. You know, we can say all of those types of things, we can set the boundaries of what's acceptable, you know, stomping off because we don't agree, probably not a good idea unless perhaps we're cooling down. And we can support the questions and say, well, you know, I, I don't know all the answers. You know, where can we find the information? Let's look things up. Who can we ask? And uh, You know, we all have our systems for what we decide that we're going to do. It's a good opportunity to talk about our family values and perhaps why I think that way or why your dad thinks that way or why, you know, auntie, that's sitting with us today why she thinks that way so there's a good opportunity to see a variety of different perspectives at the table and provide that space for critical thinking sometimes critical thinking is just hearing what other people have to say and kind of mulling it over enough that you it challenges what the kids are saying and it challenges what you're saying but you don't always have to respond completely and because you're eating it's great you can just kind of carry on eating and, and not have to immediately respond critical thinking and that pausing and thinking through things um, doesn't always happen but the dinner time is a really good way of doing that because there's food that's gone in your mouth and you know you can't talk as well with the food there so you kind of have to process it and think it a bit through a bit more. Not all families I can appreciate like to go deep at the table and and neither should we. You know, sometimes the table is not the place for having those types of conversations or any type of conversation. So I guess as parents and as kids, we kind of find the right tone and we set it. We decide what we're going to do. Maybe they're too young or you don't want to. Maybe you want to start and initiate these things, but whatever you decide to do, um, conversations at the table can be wide and varied, and it's it's really interesting when you've got a chance to listen to a different point of view without wanting to jump in and give your point of view about it too. Many times I've been surprised at the reactions from my family and to the questions or the situations that we've talked about. And it's given me a new perspective on why they think and feel the way that they do. It's also given me an opportunity to not panic and think, oh my goodness, I had no idea that they thought that and that's terrible. But instead to think, I need to show different ways of doing this more. I need to find other examples or we need to have more conversations about this for us to kind of unpick what's really going on. Apart from the the topical conversations that can be really quite dense and tricky and the community issues that are going on locally that are affecting us and, uh, and our families, there are lots of things that happen day to day that can be overlooked or missed. So we share projects or posters from school. We also take test revision questions Anything goes. So if you have something you want to share at the table, you can usually see there's a pile or a bag that's right next to their chair. So we can tell that this is kind of a show and tell dinner time. And so so this is a a nice way of sharing whatever it is that each person is doing. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're the youngest in the family or the oldest in the family, we don't look down on what everybody's doing. because We all had to start from somewhere when one child has done really well but everybody else thinks that that's easy peasy we talk about how good it is that they've worked really hard if that's what they've done but we don't mock them for I've already done that that's really easy so uh, the family meal time is a great way of sharing our family values because we're able to share how we deal with other people and how we encourage them without making them feel inadequate because you've already done it. We're big fans of dinner games. We've ordered different ones from Amazon in the past and we could pick out a game where we've played. We've had one of the fun games we used to love to play was we'd get an oven mitt and we would put small random things inside and you had to put your hand inside the mitt and feel around and try and guess what it is before you pulled it out. And so that was a lot of fun. To be able to do that totally random had nothing to do with anything but it was something that got us all talking at the table with what it was that was inside and some of the things that the kids decided to put inside i'm sure you can imagine are quite scary but i think the worst was when they put in a a green bean oh t- touching a green bean inside one of those things is just it was not a good experience um for that time so we've had a, f- a lot of fun doing that and we've also had fun playing some of those games like Don't Say It where you have like seven words that you're not allowed to say and you're trying to describe one word and that's, that was a lot of fun to be able to do as well. So we, we've played silly games and fun games to kind of get the humour and everything going. We've done the topical games of topical conversations of things that are going on in the real world that we wanted to bring up and that we wanted to, to talk about. We've, we've done things from school that we've brought home, you know, awards, medals, uh, certificates, artwork, music, all sorts of things that have been shared as well. So apart from conversation and games and topical events and communication, what else happens in our family meal? Well, we've, we've had the meal, we've had the conversation and we're finishing up. Let's look at some of the other equipment that might be around the table. All our regular table mats are maps. They're significant places or they're homemade. So they're significant places to us. Since we move about so much, we often take Pictures of the local area that we're living in, and we blow them up to A3 size, you know, the size of a mat, and then we laminate them. It's a good reminder of where we were, because when you're living in a completely new place, um, it's easy to forget where you came from and what you were doing. So we have quite a few of those types of mats. So they they mean something special to us, but for most other people, they wouldn't understand why that picture is particularly there. Well we've made some homemade ones at Christmas time and other times when we've had friends over to celebrate our friendships we might have made maps too. We're big on geographical games and so we have maps of all the different continents, some of specific countries that we like to look for. We love to pick out the, the names and try and say them and try and find the countries and different places. So I'm always excited when the Peter's projection map comes out because that represents the world sizes of countries very differently than the usual map that we're used to, the Mercator map that we're used to looking at. So that provides lots of conversation when we compare different continents and different countries and why they are the sizes that they are. So if they're not part of the conversation then their heads are usually down looking at the maps and looking at the pictures and that often provides conversation in of itself. Family gatherings are not quick and somber things here and they don't have to be but it's our choice to how we decide to do that. Many families like the business of just getting it done. This is energy and food. Let's get to the table. Let's get to seating. Let's eat. Let's get going. There are other things that need to be done. Some families want to have it as a gathering where we sit, we relax, we talk, we laugh, we share. We can have all of those. We can do both of those, some of those. We decide how to do it. I guess The nicest thing is that you have opportunities to gather and talk and not feel that you are rushed every single time. We take time to rest easy in each other's company. We notice our moods. It's a time to laugh, to share, to catch up and connect. It's a place that we want to be. Without it, we miss what's going on with each other. When we're all around the table, we can see now how people are behaving and are they happy and you can judge the moods a lot and as children get older this becomes more and more important as they want to spend less time with us as parents it's sometimes it's at the dinner table that we notice that they're really upset about something and that we can tackle that issue another time once we have finished with all of our equipment on our table we, have to, we consider service for other people. When there's time and opportunity, we like to serve the food into bowls and containers. We don't always have the time to do that, but it's a great thing for portion control, for the kids to learn how to do that for themselves. And we want the boys to learn how to serve others. We want all of our children to be able to serve other people. So this is a great way to do it when you have all these bowls and containers of the food on the table guests get served first and we try and show them how to bring the plates to the containers so that we don't drip and drop food everywhere guests are served first then the ladies present and finally each other this ritual came about slowly as a way of expressing self-control because the boys really wanted to all jump in first and get as much as they could we wanted to talk about kindness and being mindful of the portion size that we take So by the time it got to them, they could see that there was some that was gone and they had to be careful about making sure everybody else had some too. It also allows the boys, who are all quite quick eaters, to pace themselves a little bit. As we say, you know, chew the food instead of just inhaling it. If they are the last ones to be served, that helps them to be able to start slowly. Well, that's the hope anyway. Closing up and getting up and down from the table. We have quite a full table as you can imagine with all of the different containers on, the containers for the cutlery, the mats, all the containers for the food and the uh, the, the food itself, everything, you know, there's quite a lot of stuff that's already on there. And we try and discourage getting up and down from the table. Oh, let me go and get a napkin. Oh, I need to go and get a drink. We try and make sure that everything is on the table. And if it's not, then we'll try and do without it. At the moment, we're actually struggling with this. I don't know what's happened, but this, this seems to be quite the struggle in our house at the moment. To just sit down at the table and not bounce back up and go and get something else. Because um, we're all big drinkers at dinner time, the container of water tends to run out. So somebody has to get up to go and refill that. But apart from that, we like to try and keep everybody sitting at the table um, at dinner time. Because it really disrupts the flow when you keep doing that. And the person that's talking has to stop while the other person goes off to do something but they do get used to now excusing themselves both verbally and non-verbally without interrupting the speaker. As acts of kindness, the boys often take up their parents' plates or each other's, and they've done that mostly by themselves. We've not really complained about it. We wait for everyone to finish before serving dessert. If there's one or asking about it, partly it's not to rush those who are still eating And we're trying to savour the time, the company, and not hurry everyone along to get to dessert. Those who have finished have a chance to continue the conversation and share something of value. The next section, returning the collection, tidying up, knowing our roles. We put back what we brought to the table and generally try and work together to get things back to where we can find them again easily. I used to sweep under the tables and wipe the table down, but I realized just recently that I wasn't doing myself or the children any favors if I was doing all of that. One of the ways that we've done it that I mentioned before is we have a little whiteboard with a list of the things for the table. And each child has their name next to each thing and we use initials and rotate the people every so often. We leave up the initial for the last time so that we have an idea of who did what and who is doing what, and it helps us for the next time and it it rotates. We have a lot of different systems to do with that. It depends on the age of the children at the time and and how we're feeling, but it's just some way of managing getting the things to the table and getting the things off the table. It really helps to minimize the arguments. And if one child is not there, we can see what's missing to be done. There's just more harmony, it seems, when we do it that way. So as you can see, family meal times can look quite structured. But for the most part, the things that we've added in and that we do has happened slowly over time as we felt that it fits our family. There are some things that we don't do as much now because of time, because of age, because we've done it far too much, and we'd like a change. There's all sorts of reasons for it. So I would encourage you to look back on this podcast and the previous podcast as a way of making you think about what you would like to try with your family. And don't try everything all at once. See what things fit and what things you can add in and you can change. Because as your children get older, there'll be different things that you want to do. And as your children are older, you might have realized you've dropped a whole bunch of things, but now you can try and add in some new things. That's the beauty of a family meal ritual. We have in our family our passions, and they happen to be maps and geography, and our values, kindness and service present at our meal times. We keep it simple and we keep it repeatable, and that's what The key is to a family meal ritual. You don't want it so complicated that it's hard work to do. You want it simple and you want it repeatable. It's the backbone to future conversations with friends, colleagues and others. Everything can just kind of happen effortlessly. The table can be set, things can be brought to the table. We can be talking and things can finish off and move along without... Abandon plates and having to call kids back or trying to work out how things are done. This is just becomes a normal, this is how we do our routine. It's not about family dinner or every single meal spending time together as a family. It's about when we are together making those moments count. Have high expectations for your meal. How we handle dinner is part of our family standard. Work together, working together, we have our best version of our family meal, is what I've just outlined here. It will be a place where memories are born. So now it's your turn. What family meal rituals do you have? Here's one longtime listener, Audrey, sharing
1: hers. Hello, my name is Audrey Simmons, and I'm a longtime listener of Raising Playful Tots. I was leaving a message because I just listened to the family mealtime episode and wanted to comment that I am now the mom of four, but I'm the oldest of seven. And when we were growing up, my mom practiced a habit that she called the topic of conversation. Whenever we were sitting around the dinner table... Seven kids plus two adults all competing for conversation time meant that it would be really hard to keep track of different conversations or know what people were talking about or not feel like toes had been stepped on with constant interruptions. So my mom would rotate through the kids, picking a topic of conversation. It could be where we want to go on vacation next summer or my favorite book that I've read this year, or why I think baseball is important. It could be something serious or something silly. And then we had to practice listening and waiting turns while we went around the table and we each got to say something about the topic and then discuss from there. And it's one of my favorite memories. I know that many people who have visited my parents' house and joined us for the topic of conversation, said that it ended up being some of their favorite dinner times. And I really appreciate the gift that my mom gave to us in that habit. Thanks.
0: Use the hashtag Creating Family Haven on Twitter and Instagram to talk about this episode or share your ideas in the Facebook group. Thanks for being here today. I know there are many things you could be doing right now, and I'm glad you've chosen to be here today. I hope something I've said has triggered you to investigate something more and helped you make a decision for your wonderful family. Don't forget to leave us a rating or a comment wherever you subscribe. I know it seems like a small thing, but it's one of the best ways as it helps new people find the show. Show notes for today's show with links is at raisingplayfultots.com forward slash 192. While you're there, get the fortnightly Raising Playful Tots note that has some encouragement and ideas for our journey of intentional, simple parenting and simple play. See you again next time. You've been listening to Raising Playful Tots, show number 192. Come over and play next week. Until then, find time for some unplugged play and intentional parenting. Join with me each week as we share learn and laugh together about making the most of creating our family haven goodbye